0: Welcome, everyone, to this chat, a.k.a. The Shay and Alicia Show, where we dive deep into the realms of spirituality and holistic wellness. I am your shaman, your sister in spirit, and your friend, Alicia Danmavi. Hey,
1: everyone. I'm Shay, and Alicia and I are two friends and colleagues who are on a mission to bring you inspiring content for your spiritual and personal growth, along with messages from the collective consciousness to help you on your journey back to wellness and spiritual deaths.
0: We have created a holistic health practice specializing in alternative mental health treatment and spiritual crises. So for those of you that are interested in more information, check out the link in the bio. Loving this practice that we're developing. It's, um, It's beautiful. And yeah, I think we're excited to like start sharing some people's experiences, um, letting people know how other people have um, the feedback that we've gotten in and terms of yeah, yeah, like yeah. sure. this is clarity for some people who are like, do I need that? Am I in a mental health crisis? like am I, like am I in a mental health thing or a spiritual crisis? Um, if you go to our episode before, We talk a little bit about spiritual crises and what that looks like or um, uh, entity attachment. So if you do have questions about that, I suggest checking out the previous episode. But other than that, we out here.
1: We're out here. What's up? What's up?
0: So today we thought it would be a really great um, idea to talk about shadow work. Um, and the law of attraction. So we're yeah. gonna we're gonna get into it. I have a couple of questions for you, Jay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I think that whenever I was first starting out with Shadow Work, I really didn't know what it, what it was. Um, so I'm really interested, like since you've done so much of it, how would you describe it to people? Like if somebody's like, "What what is shadow work? Like I've, I've never heard of that. What, what would you say it is?
1: Oh my gosh, that's such a good question. All right, before we really get into this, can we start off with a prayer?
0: Oh, of course. How could I All forget? Right. thanks, thanks. <laughs> okay. Just mm. Infinite love and wisdom, we are so grateful for this moment to gather together. We ask that you help guide us to our most epic episode. (laughs) We ask that you support us in um, giving clear uh, answers, supporting our communication. We ask that you remove our ego so that way we can speak through the lens of love and light. We also ask that if there are any guides that are here to support us that you step forward so that we can continue to support this container with protection, with truth, with freedom, with love and with grace. And for that and so much more, for being said and unsaid, we ask for you to fulfill those as well. And so it is done. Thank you, Ashe. Amen.
1: Let's go. All right, thank you. Yeah. Okay, um, ooh. what is shadow work? So I'm interested to hear what you have to say about this as well. But to me, shadow work is being able to understand the aspects of ourselves that are unseen or kind of hidden to our own selves but that reside and that live, despite how much we're aware that they're living within us or not. Um, So a lot of shadows that we carry come from simply our experiences and the ways in which we have held on to them and understood them and see ourselves and other people and the world given those experiences that we've been through and it's often unrecognizable to us because it's kind of just become part of the ways in which we think feel and routinely kind of act it it becomes part of our internal dialogue, our subconscious, um, which makes it tricky to be able to see and understand, right? Um, It becomes justified internally and oftentimes even externally from some people and environments around us. So it really takes something, someone, or an experience to kind of be able to see anything different, um, to be able to to shed light on the shadow aspects of ourselves and to say, whoa, okay, does that reside in me? If so, how, and where from there, we're able to then we have free will. Are we going to dive any deeper with that or not? And when we do oftentimes we're able to work through some deeper things, understanding where that's coming from does the shadow show up in behavioral patterns or internal dialogue or repetitive thoughts or, you know, judgments of ourselves and other people and then decide whether we want to change that or not. I guess that's what I would say. I love that. I
0: love that. Um, I, so for me, I, Everything that, how how you described it makes so much sense for me. I also describe it as this, this, it's this deep, it's the work that you can do on yourself that you don't necessarily need the support of a therapist or a shaman or a healer, right? It's the work that you can do yourself for you to find out why you do what you do And why you think what you think. Mm. And if you don't even know what you do or what you think, then that is the journey of shadow work. Because, you know, I I try to explain to people, you know, only 10%, if you're lucky, right? (laughs) Eight to 12% of the things that you're doing are actually conscious. You're actually choosing to do everything else is just on repeat. You're just doing things on loop, on a loop. Mm-hmm. You know. So that yeah. means that 90% of the things of the things that you experience in your life are not even active. They're just it's just a program that's just continuing to run like on a computer, you know? Or it would be like a a program that runs on TV. You have no control over the programming, you know, the shows that come up. Right. But if you did have a choice on what show would come up on your TV, you would probably pick your favorite show. Mm Like, yeah, I want this to come on right now. I want this to come on. I love this show. I want to watch it right now. Right. But a lot of us are living, living in a state of suffering where we're like, my life sucks. My programming sucks. My if I'm the character, the main character of my show, I don't really like what's going on here. You know, and you probably don't like what's going on because of the thoughts that you're having and the behaviors that you are participating in Um, so shadow work can help you become the main character and the director and the producer and you know all of and the caster you know of of your your life so that way you can start generating a more a life that feels more in alignment with you Um, but if we don't Find out what we do, what we think, and why. You know, sometimes the why can get a little too intense. Sometimes the why can get a little redundant. If I'm being honest, because people just want to keep well, why? 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 It's like you know, you do it. You know, you don't like to do it. So, what would you like to do instead? You know, um, I also say that that uh, shadow work can also help people start collapsing the inner critic within so it helps rem- start to remove the the critic that really begins to judge us to mm-hmm. judge other people and to judge the reality just like the overall society and in reality of um of what what you're
1: witnessing sure um yeah um I guess what would be helpful, I love that. And I love how you say like the director, the producer, you know, the main character, the cast, like I love that. That's such a good analogy to think about it in those ways. In terms of some like examples of some shadow work that you and I have maybe done ourselves, I think that could be helpful kind of understanding this a little bit more tangibly for some folks.
0: Yeah, I agree. Do you want to start?
1: Um. Oh gosh, <laughs> there goes my solar plexus. Okay, here we go. Um. <laughs> yeah. yeah, what comes to mind is what comes to mind first is that. In times like when I felt like it's everybody else and not me, that's like the source of my own suffering or my own negative feelings or situations, experiences. Like when I have really felt and thought like it was everybody else and everything externally to me were the times in which like were the most important for me to turn the mirror around and kind of look to see like, okay, where is it within myself that I can have some acceptance? Cause I feel like before accountability, like there's an acceptance of what is. And I think oftentimes we fail to recognize that first step is like, let's accept how things are the situation at hand. Like when I was sick, it's a perfect example. You know, it's like, I'm going to accept this as reality. And so I'm, I'm not going to live in denial of this being my reality right now. Um, then, after that, for me, it's like, what's been my part in it? Like, my own bullshit aside, my own justifications aside, like, where is my part in it? And sometimes our parts, are, for example, um, in the relationship I have with my mom, you know, I've said like, well, where's my part in this? Could I be helping out more? Could I be more grateful? Could I be showing that more? Could I be demonstrating that more? Could I be really living within those things more? Um despite the other party's behavior changing or not. And sometimes in relationships, as one person starts to do shadow work, it does kind of change the dynamics of the relationship and it does sort of influence the other person in, in some ways, and vice versa. So relationship with my boyfriend and I but it all comes back to really the relationship with myself because at the end of the day the relationships that I have with other people and other things have to do with how much I'm accepting what is internally and how much control I feel over that or not. And, and if I'm okay with the amount of control I feel like I have in any of those given moments or situations. Does that make sense?
0: Uh-huh.
1: Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So so when we're willing to do shadow work, um, you know, sometimes we just kind of have to persevere and push through things and understand things later. I will say that, like. Sometimes like when I was sick, for instance, I went from like acceptance to like, all right, persevere, get your mind as best as you can to kind of get through this. And the shadow work started happening, you know, after I went through chemotherapy treatment, you know, the understanding how I got there and all that kind of my part in it, my place in it, my own uh, accountability, my own part in it, that work came after the cancer treatment because I was just needing to kind of accept it and get through. Sometimes it won't come as something's happening. Sometimes it comes in a reflection of what has happened and that's okay too. Other times you can kind of be the observer in the moments or shortly after moments of experiencing something. Um, which seems to happen as we continue on, right? So Mm -hmm. yeah, what are you feeling called to share? So I think for me,
0: I, there are so many different modalities to handle shadow work. I love how you touched on the topic of like, um, like the acceptance part, like accepting what is, because like just to give a referral that that's what we're talking about when we talk about like eliminating the critic right like the critic and the judge can kind of promote this concept of non-acceptance right Mm -hmm. like this is not how you should be you shouldn't be like this that shouldn't have happened that way like that to me is like the the internal dialogue of the critic which is non-acceptance but when we can step into like, okay, I did do that. Oh, okay. I am like that, that, that happened. This is the level of acceptance that can kind of silence the inner critic and like bring us into witness mode. So one way that I'll handle shadow work is we'll talk about how there is no good or bad. There is only what it is. And we have to understand that each thing has Hyperactivity or hypoactivity. It has light or it has darkness to it, right? And I kind of used that example before, where it's like, you know, if I'm confident in myself, some people could think that I'm a up B word, you know, like under the right. That's like, oh my gosh, she just thinks that she's the shit. Like she thinks that she's the best, right? Whereas opposed to if I'm in another situation where confidence is needed they won't hide they won't necessarily notice it as a negative trait right they'll be like wow she's confident that's so inspiring you know I I wish that I could do something like that right so notice how like the lens of that like oh my gosh look at her she thinks she knows everything she just walks up in here like she can just have whatever she wants you know that level of confidence or look at her look how she just walked in here and just took up space and like took control of the room. I love that. Now with that level of acceptance, we can see that there's the light and dark. The dark would be the shadow just, just for this, just for shadow work purposes, right? The dark would be the shadow, which is, that's where like the judgment was. Mm -hmm. And I'm like that. Right. So then the question becomes why, what's so wrong with somebody coming in here and and thinking that they know everything. What what are you, do you not allow yourself to own what you know? Number one, are you not in receptive mode to hear a different perspective? Because now if that's the case, then that's saying that you're actually the know-it-all because you're not in receptive mode to receive a different perspective of somebody that has this appearance of confidence, giving you a a direction, a different direction, a different perspective, right? Mm. Well, she thinks she can just come up here and act like she knows it all. She never said that. She never said she knows it all. She came in, spoke her truth and you perceived it as she knew it all when that was never the statement you took Mm. her confidence and spun it into whatever fit your inner dialogue Mm -hmm. so now that you have this inner dialogue of oh, she knows everything the question then you can start flipping that inward do I think I know everything why was I not open to receiving her why was I so judgmental of her confidence do I wish is there jealousy involved is there envy involved do I wish that I could enter into a room and do that do I not allow me to do that Mm -hmm. you know so like, that's one way that I would kind of, does that make sense when I give that example?
1: Yeah. I love how you're bringing up, like how we perceive somebody else says a lot about us or could say a lot about us in terms of where we're at in our shadows. I think that's really insightful.
0: Yeah. So then the other thing, if I'm talking about specifically how else I do shadow work, <laughs> um, my mentor taught me that everything that we do is based off of a need to be loved and accepted. So anything we judge has everything to do with our fear of being hurt and rejected, disowned and rejected. So, um, Hmm. there, my, um, and this is like, it's so interesting because I know that like shadow work can be very vulnerable and I can feel like my heart space being, like you're like, oh, my, my solar this. I feel this so much in my heart because it's like my inner child's like, I don't want to be judged for what I'm about to share, but like, we're going to push through it anyway because it, it, it's honesty and authenticity, right? Um, One of the sections that my mentor gave me was about attention. Okay, so like we have these major things that we can look at, which is attention, affection. um, And we can do things and kind of manipulate, oh, manipulation and um, something else. So we we can do things to not be in complete truth. We'll kind of slither around the truth in order to get certain needs met that were unmet and we're afraid to step into authenticity and truth because we're afraid that we're going to be rejected or unloved right so for me there was there there was and and if I'm not mindful there can be times where I need attention and rather than just coming forward and being like tell me tell me how hot I am you know like I don't ask, like, do I look hot in this? Like I say, like, tell me, tell me how hot I look in this. You know, like somebody give me attention. Like where, where what what's going on here, you know? Um, where I would be a little bit more manipulative about it. And I would be like, um, you know, <clears throat> hey, what's going on? You know, like avoid what my need was. Do you like, do you like my hair today? Yeah, it looks nice. And it's like, that didn't feed me. Do you, do you like my outfit today? Yeah, it looks, yeah, you look great. It's like, no, I need you to tell me, I need you to smother me with attention right now. Mm. I need it. I want it. Right? So... I have had to learn, you know, and it had a lot to do with shame, like for me, right? I would I felt that as a child, and it really wasn't even as a young child. It was like when I got older, like into like my early like preteens, like when I wanted attention, it was like, will you please stop? like you're 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 a big kid. like you don't need all of this attention anymore. But my entire childhood, I was smothered with attention. You know, so it's interesting how it went from, oh, you know, you know, Alicia, you're so great, you're so beautiful, sing for us, dance for us, do it. You know, we're gonna record you, we're gonna do all this stuff. To like when I got older, just the transition. It was just a transition of life, right? My sisters were born. I wasn't the the focus of attention, and so like stuff had to change, you know, in order for everybody to receive everything that they needed. Um, but anyway, as an adult, I noticed that sometimes my inner child still craves that like smothering amount of attention. And I noticed how, as an adult, I would do different things, okay? The first thing that I would do is I would not dress up at all. I would not take care of my health. I would not exercise. I would not do my hair. I would do nothing to look good because I knew that if I took that kind of behavior, then i wouldn't have to worry about people complimenting me because i didn't mm-hmm. put any effort in mm-hmm. if there's no effort there's no mm-hmm. compliments so that was my shadow way of controlling the amount mm-hmm. of attention that mm-hmm. i really craved yeah mm-hmm.
1: yeah
0: fascinating Blatable.
1: even yeah.
0: Though, so the, even though i love beauty i love like not fashion like mainstream fashion but i love like figuring out what i love and i look good in i just Mm. Nobody's gonna give me attention. I won't put in any effort, right? So then, when I did that layer of shadow work, and I decided, like, no, like I want to be beautiful, and I want to do things, and I noticed that as I started living in a space where, like, I'm loving on myself, but I needed, I wanted other people's to notice me as well. I'm like, hold up, there is no reason why nobody, like, I should be getting compliments, you know. Um I would kind of be a little sarcastic about it or 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 would ask a lot of questions as opposed to being direct in communication. So then, and then I would get resentful because I wasn't telling my partners what I wanted. I would just be like, so I would love, you know, like, do you think, do you, uh, you know, just being kind of coy, like, because because of that fear of them being like, oh, stop it. You're being too much. Why do you need so much attention, Alicia? Like knock it off, you know? That was concerning to me. I didn't want to hear that. I didn't want that level of rejection because it hurts. It's like, all I want is just two seconds of like, damn, you're so beautiful, you know? Maybe a little kiss, maybe a little smack on the butt. You know what I mean? Like maybe 10 seconds, that will fill my cup, right? But I couldn't communicate that because of my fear. So I would just kind of be like, do you like this? Do you like this? Right? So then once I unlayered that bit of shadow work, I had to learn how to communicate it even more clearly, which was hard because I love jokes. Like I, a way to kind of protect myself from direct communication is to add humor into it. So I'd be like, why don't you tell me how good I look? You know, which, and then I'd laugh about it. Which is still indirect communication. <laughs> right? Yeah. I shouldn't be saying, why, why don't you give me the attention I deserve? That's a that's a very aggressive, fear-based action. You know? Yeah. You don't do this. Why don't you tell me I got all dressed up and you don't tell me that I look good about, you know, now I'm picking arguments because I'm setting this expectation that they should be doing stuff for me when I never even asked in the first place. I'm just like creating harsh statements. So then once I unlayer that, then I get to the place where I dress up, I come downstairs, I do a little <laughs> you know, I'm like, so so is anybody gonna tell me how good I look today? You know? Yeah. You know, which which is still to me at this point of my life feels the most authentic that I can get, right? Because I'm I'm it's still very vulnerable for me to be like, don't I look fucking hot? Like, I look so hot today. Hmm. Tell me. Tell me. Feedback? Feedback? <laughs> you know? Yes. Yes, Alicia? <laughs> you know, like I I and I don't know if there is if I will ever find like the most perfect way to say it, I think for each person their way of getting their attention need met is going to be individualized, but I definitely prefer how I'm approaching getting my need for attention met today than how I was approaching it five years ago, where I was just not even participating in basic self-care because mm-hmm. I was afraid that I wasn't, that I wasn't going to get the attention that I deeply craved and needed. Um, I also think that there is this need to, for me personally, to let go of having other people give it to me all of the time. Mm. Like, even though I have the need, there's nothing wrong with having the need. But do I always need that? Uh, do I always need that need to be met by somebody else? Or are there spaces where I can find where that need can just get met by me? you know? Um, so that's just like, that's just one example of me kind of like opening up the, the many petals to like just this one topic, this one aspect of shadow work when there are many, it's accepting that I do like attention. It's, you know, starting to, to live out that truth, you know, to embody that truth, to learn how to communicate it in a clear, honest way um so that way I can have that need met and when I can't have that need met figuring out how to meet that need myself
1: right oh my gosh this is so good you know it it, it it reminds me of a relatable period of my life where um I was really frustrated that people weren't taking me seriously as um, a graduate student. And it had to do with the way that I appeared, like the way that I dressed, the way that I did my hair, whatever my, just the way I appeared, you know, I was already like the youngest looking one. I was already kind of, you know, I think I was wearing like Ed Hardy the first year of grad school or something, because really I just, didn't care. I just thought that we were there for the same thing until I realized that those things kind of mattered in terms of people's perceptions of my capability or my belonging there. And once I started to feel that, then I started to subconsciously, like I didn't even understand that this is what I was doing when I was doing it, but I started to like subconsciously just gain a lot of weight I started to dress really different so people would just see me as a hard worker and just listen to the words that were coming out of my mouth instead of looking at me, instead of checking me out or instead of judging me for looking and dressing a certain way. It was this odd thing that I was doing and I was suffering inside because inside I still felt people weren't taking me seriously. I still felt the need to prove myself regardless of what I look like. So then I was just really in this situation where I kept trying to prove myself as smarter and smarter, which I was getting smarter and smarter. You know, I was gaining more skills and cultivating, you know, more knowledge and stuff like that. But it was like this, oh God, it's so odd. And I feel like when I look back and I kind of understood what that was all about, i was like damn i wish i would have really taken care of myself because i would have had more of like a balance just in my life at the time but i didn't have the inner confidence to just stand within whatever i was looking like or being perceived as and just be myself and say like it doesn't matter if they think i'm a hard worker or not it doesn't matter if they think I'm worthy of being here or not. It doesn't matter if they think I belong or not. I didn't have that within me at the time. I I really was trying to, you know, fit in there and get through. So I was doing these weird subconscious things, not recognizing that's what I was doing, you know, along with things like drinking and numbing, numbing the reality of the situation. So it, it it's an interesting thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I I even struggle with that now in the field that we're in, right? Like as a shaman, as a spiritually forward person, you know, I feel like these concepts of like, um, oh, maybe you should tone it down or, you know, don't bring too much attention to yourself. Don't do, you know, X, Y, and Z. I, like for the first few years, of this whole shaman journey, I like, I, well, first of all, I got sick, right? But like, I was wearing things that were just, I'm trying to make statements. I'm trying to like, prove myself. I'm trying to like, you know, like, I'm just trying, I'm trying, I'm trying on behalf of other people. Right? Because, because I don't want to be rejected or accepted. But it's interesting how, like, I go either way, right? It's either like, oh, you tell me I can't be this, I'm going to go all the way there, like to prove, to prove. And again, I'm proving to who, Right. to who. And, and am I even aware of why, where does that even come from? And when I dive into it, it is a deep subconscious programming of like, you don't think I'm good enough or I'll prove it to you. And I'll prove it in the most radical way, you know, that I possibly can, or I'll prove it to you by following your rules to an extreme T, you know, Mm -hmm. to prove that I'm worthy or to prove that I'm this, you know, so, so um, where I, so with that being said, I think that when people are like, well, what's the result of shadow work, the results that you get from shadow work is being able to live happy and free. You are free from the confines of living your life based off of other people's judgments, your own judgments. You know, you get to experience the life that you want. You get to experience authenticity. You know, you get to live a life not free of fear, but with a reduced amount of fear. Fear is always going to be there, but are you going to act based off of your fears? Are you just going to acknowledge that the fears are there and move through them anyway, you know? That is the benefit of shadow work right there. And and when you get a little taste of it and you start peeling back these self-criticisms and these judgments and these behaviors that are not supporting freedom, happiness and authenticity, you're gonna wanna keep doing it, you know? Because you're gonna be like, wow, I am magnetizing, which kind of leads us into the law of attraction, you know, I'm actually like being like stepping into my heart's desires, like my true heart's desires, the things that I've always known live within me, that like couldn't, that were caged based off of my fears and my anxieties and my worries. Yes. I love
1: that. I love that so much. I love how you, I love how you bring up like, okay, so doing shadow work, what does it result in? You know, I think that's really important. Like what can it, what can it possibly bring to us? And I agree with those things. Before we get to the law of attraction though, although we're already kind of there, you did say there were several methods to shadow work. So um, is there anything else that you wanted to say on that before we kind of move towards the law of attraction
0: um there are a lot of resources out there like I've, I've gotten
1: okay. a lot
0: of shadow work books you'll notice that they are all different they all ask different questions mm-hmm. um, the only other thing that I would say in terms of <laughs> the potency of shadow work um is doing it with through the support of like a, a healer um, I noticed that whenever I did shadow work on my own, um, there were only certain things that I could get into. I was probably diving more into like subconscious level shadow work. And then when you invite a healer into this session, I think you dive really deep into those more unconscious, like things that are just totally off of the radar. Um, <laughs> so if you feel like you keep hitting like a, a wall, it might be nice to start working with people like us who do like soul retrievals and can start diving more deep into the the unconscious mind, the lower realm um, to help you break through some of those more difficult shadows. Got it, cool. How about you? Do you you have anything else to say about shadow work before we get into the law of attraction?
1: I feel like just maybe like, It's not really a method, but just noticing when I'm reacting right away or being defensive to what somebody says, like if I'm just like, oh, like they don't know what they're talking about or like F them or like, that's not true. Or if I dismiss something or get defensive, like I don't do that, like right away. I always used to do that. And now I'm like paying attention to when I do that it's not like I don't do that but when I do that now it's like girl are you sure because sometimes like it is true and sometimes yeah. it's like more shadow work so yeah yeah so for me it's when I react
0: strongly and when I can't let it go uh, like when I'm when I can't let it go and it just like runs through my mind, I'm like, you need to sit down and do some shadow work. Like, Why are you judging yourself about this? Why have you not let that go? Or yeah. why have, why are you still talking about that person? Why are you still thinking about that person? Yeah, It's like, if you are attached to it and there's an attachment, then I, it always makes me think about like how our shadows are always attached to us. You know, it doesn't matter where the sun is pointing, the shadow's always there. Like, if you're finding yourself and that thing is always there, then you have an attachment to it. And, like, the only way to, like, turn it into light is to to let it go. The only way for the shadow to disappear is to let it go. So what do you need to do to let this go? Because, damn, sis, you know, well, this is excessive.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Good stuff. Do- yeah. Oof.
1: What, what do you all think about that? Let us know, drop some comments. I want to hear what everybody's thinking about shadow work as we talk about it and maybe even some examples in your own journeys.
0: Yeah, also some resources. Like if you guys have done like certain shadow work journals or have seen certain websites, maybe like Instagram pages or stuff, like drop them down. I would love to see the different, um, the different resources out there for, for people to have shadow work. So I'm going to ask a fun question. Okay. And you don't have to answer it if you don't want
1: to. Okay.
0: How has the law of attraction, like what has the law of attraction brought you recently? And how do you feel like you got it? <laughs> what the heck <laughs> No. No, you don't have to. You don't have to. (laughs) Or, well, I don't want to do that one because I don't want anybody to block it. Hold on,
1: hold on, hold on. on. (laughs) It doesn't get me anything. Okay, okay. This is, okay. The law of attraction has not gotten me anything. However, I love the question because what it has done is it has helped me vibrationally match with the things that I really love and desire in my life. Genuinely within my spirit, in my heart space, in my soul, want to be living and experiencing in it that's what it's done yeah okay cool 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 I have chills so that feels a little better in terms of like how we're gonna word this okay so just for me it's not like I sit here and I'm like okay I'm gonna attract a million dollars and then somehow it just kind of gets me those things or I'm going to manifest a boyfriend and then you know I just kind of get it it's not that it's working with the law of attraction has helped me maintain a tool bo- a, a toolbox of tools that help me with my personal vibration so I can remain at a frequency most times than not that help me have the experiences that I want. I love
0: that Thank
1: yeah. You. Okay. (laughs) So like fun would be one, you know, deeper connections, more real, authentic relationships. That's the shit I love. That's the shit I really love, you know, um, experiences, of course. Um, And and then happiness and joy and peace and contentment and all those things come from that, I guess. So, you know, you have to feel those things to have more of those things. And then it kind of just, you're kind of in this, Abraham Hicks calls the vortex, but. Oh, yeah. What about you? Hmm. What a question. I know. (laughs) Mm.
0: The law of attraction brought me here. I'm at the beach, you know? The law of attraction inspired me. So the law of attraction, right? Like if we break it down into the three words, it's like the law. The laws of attraction, right? So, like, there are rules. There are things that must be put into place, that must be acknowledged, that must be enacted, that are right. The laws—they're already—they already exist. Mm. So, um, through the law of attraction. I have been getting healthier. Mm. I'm noticing more health in my body. I'm noticing more beauty.
1: Yeah.
0: On my body, in my body. I'm noticing um, confessions of love and admiration. Yeah. Yeah, I'm noticing... um, Beautiful experiences mm-hmm. I'm noticing through the laws of attraction that I'm that I'm becoming uh, the word richer comes to mind more rich but I'm not just talking about I am talking about money but I'm talking about like like I'm it just like I'm thinking about like a piece of chocolate, like when you bite into it and it just like I just started salivating and it like gets into your mouth and you're like oh my god this is so rich and like decadent and delicious like I'm feeling like more delicious experiences that's my favorite word I don't know why I just mm-hmm. like I feel more delicious and the mm-hmm. more I feel delicious the more my life starts. Getting more delicious? Yes. Oh. Um, I have been attracting more like luxury. Like
1: mm-hmm.
0: I feel really luxurious. And I keep telling myself, like, I am luxury. And I'm not luxury that other people define as luxury. I am luxury as I define luxury, and luxurious is a feeling. And so mm-hmm. I only do things that make me feel luxurious. So I went to Walmart and um, and this is this is how the law of attraction works, right? This is how I did it. <laughs> I went to Walmart mm-hmm. and they had beach towel in one section, right? And I'm like looking at all of the options of beach towel. And of course they're all different prices, right? You have your towels that are like five dollars, and then you had ones that were like $17. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking and I'm looking and I'm touching each one. And I tell you what, the extra large luxury resort town, beach town, when I put my hands on it, I went, mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then I looked at the price and then I looked at the price of the ones next to them. And I looked at the price again and I was just like, I am luxury. Like, this is it. A Walmart towel is the deciding factor <laughs> of you of you enacting the law of
1: attraction. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. Sounds like all right. Bet I'm like I'm luxurious. I can I can spend money like this is it. I deserve the luxury resort beach towels that are going to last me forever you know and I kept telling myself I'm like I'm luxurious I like high quality things I deserve these things I am this you know and I was like and I have no worries I have no qualms about this and I picked up those damn towels and I put them in my cart and I bought them and I am so happy that I did because if I wouldn't have I would have been out on this beach thinking, why didn't I get those damn towels? Why didn't I get those towels? I know that I wanted those towels. Like, why wouldn't I spend just a little extra money on those towels? Do I not think that I'm worth it, right? So now I'm not in the vortex of, yes, I'm living luxury. I'm in the vortex of, why did I just betray myself? I'm in the vortex of betrayal. Because I wouldn't spend four extra dollars on a towel. You know, and I get like that. So. (laughs) I love that. It's like, get what you want. Stop looking at things. Stop looking at, stop looking at prices. Which, you know, within means, right? I think financial success comes with a deep understanding of financial literacy of like, yeah, definitely trust the universe. Get what you want. So like, savings come from also knowing when and where? And for me, I could hear my higher self being like, "This is the test. <laughs> this is the test." Earth, Earth to Alicia. <laughs> Earth to Alicia. yeah Pick the towels. <laughs> um. Yeah. You know, I,
1: I went to this. Um. I went to this uh, Buddhist center. Saturday. And even that experience is something, you know, that came from like some work in the law of attraction. Like, so, you know what I mean? We're all talking about the same thing, but also it came from me being content with exactly where I was at, exactly what was happening, acceptance for what was, gratitude for what I already had, which contentment and gratitude on this scale a vibration are pretty good. They're pretty good to start with. Okay. So if we can start with gratitude and contentment, it's like, let's go, babe. Okay. Because once you're working with that, then you're not reaching. You're not so hungry. You're not feeling so empty inside. So then you might get an invitation to go somewhere. Like somewhere I wanted to go was this place. So we go and we get there and we're talking about the teacher was talking about cultivating inner peace. And she says something about her not believing in the law of attraction. And the person I was with, like, we looked at one another and we were like, Oh, (laughs) you know, but the point was that we will always want more within the law of attraction. We will all, like it will never be enough. We will always want more. I can understand the perspective that if we always want more, it could replicate cycles of suffering because we're always thinking that we don't have enough. So within the law of attraction, kind of working with both of these, like a paradox, kind of having both of these in mind Working with both of these understandings, it's like, let's be grateful and content with what we have when we, when we're in it and who we are, when we are it, because those things, gratitude and contentment will also lead you to attract more things that you could be grateful and content with more experiences, more things, whatever it is. Uh it was interesting though yeah that is interesting I don't like I don't like to see them as opposing viewpoints I like to see them as being able to work together but that's just my personal opinion
0: well and that's what it is right the law of attraction is not the law of abundance it's not the law of luxury it's not the law of greatness it's the law of attraction if you are in the state of suffering, you're going to attract more suffering. You attract what you are. That's it. So if you're hungry, you know, if you're if you are hungry, insatiable, you're going to continue to attract things that make you feel hungry and insatiable. But if you feel full, then you're going to continue to attract things. That enhance that fullness. Yeah. So I, I I love that you're bringing that up because what I don't want to delude people into thinking is mm-hmm. that the law of attraction means it's the law of momentum towards bliss. That's not what it is. The law of attraction is you are being who you are. One time I um, was driving. This was just a couple of days ago. I was driving, and I got very upset at somebody for cutting me off in traffic. Okay, and then I heard inside of me, How did you attract that? And then I thought about the day prior, whenever I had cut somebody off in traffic because I didn't know where I was going and I cut somebody off, right? So I'm like, Oh, I attracted that because I participated in it. Okay, cool, got it, you know. But like, how are we aware of really how this law works? And if not, do some research. You know, there's plenty of people out there that that can tell you more about it. I think I, I've done a little research, but I want to play. Like, I want to play with the law of attraction. And I'm like, how do you work? What's going on? How do I, how do I make this, you know, different? But I also know how difficult it can be for me to vibe at a certain level without doing some shadow work, you know? because i feel like yeah. i'm in a place right now where like i'm trying to like embody i'm trying to be a very specific version of myself mm-hmm. that calls in more clients, more um more experiences, mm-hmm. right? But i know that that version of me acts a very specific way. Mm-hmm. And because i haven't yet been that person, mm-hmm. I can feel myself kind of phasing in and out of who that person is. Like, I know she walks differently. I know she talks differently. I know Mm -hmm. that she dresses differently. Like, I know that that version of self is me. Mm -hmm. But the way that she thinks, speaks, and behaves is slightly different. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to, like, uh, you know, like, bring that person in. While still being who I am right now. And it's a really fascinating thing to experience. Walking like her is so hard. Maintaining that walk. So when I go on my walks in the morning. That's what I do. I'm like how does she walk? And I try to walk like her. But then I notice sometimes I stop walking like her. And I'm like damn it. Okay. Get back together. (laughs) That's my way of participating. In the law of attraction. Is through how I hold my body and how I speak.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The shadow work and karma, those things come to mind when I think like how much the law of attraction can work for somebody. So, right. Like, yeah, that's all I'll say about that. But that's what I've learned uh, so far. (laughs)
0: Oof! <laughs> so much fun. We covered a lot of interesting things. Like we we had a lot of different points. And for those of you that are interested, like talk more about this. I'm interested. Can you guys elaborate more? Ask questions. You know, whenever you guys participate, it makes it easier for us to hone in on topics that will fit what you want to hear about. You know. And for those of you that are interested in doing some of these deep dives, like doing some of these work. This is some of the things that we do in our um, high council coaching and clinic. So we can help you really begin to check out your karma and dharma, um, figure out how to uh, look at your contract to see what's standing in the way of you stepping more into your purpose. Um, We can also, yeah, we can also do some shadow work with you as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the car, have-
1: car sessions are my favorite. I think I love them. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. They're super dope. They're super chill, which I like.
1: <laughs> Until they're not.
0: No, just kidding. Okay. Do we want to pull a card for the collective or? Oh sure. I will pull one card from the journey, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs>
1: Oh, my God. (laughs) These cards are really like energetically potent right now. So it's just like, whoa. Yeah, they are.
0: I love it. I love it. Mm.
1: All right. What are we asking for? Just a card for the collective? Yeah,
0: that's all I ask. Uh, I got the card Heaven. <laughs> Do you have your book? They do have my book. Okay. Oh, that's the final card of the deck. Shall I read it? Yeah. You are meant to live in heaven. Mm I'm going to put this closer. You are meant to live in heaven. (laughs) Now, not later. Sometime after you die. What uses this life and body if not to live heaven now? Look for the mad divine genius and all that is, especially the puzzling parts of your life that make you scratch your head or tear at your hair or scrunch up your face and scream with frustration. Those are the places in which the divine is saying, Here, heaven is hiding. Let's unveil it together. Let me show you. Let me unveil your own mad genius right here. Look for heaven. Even in hiding, it will not withhold itself from you for long, beloved. It wants to be known by you. This oracle is a special message. The Enlightener is calling you to more, to more, to more. More divinity, more love, more acceptance, more embrace of life itself. There is no limit in what is being offered to you from the divine lover calling to you, the beloved. Rejoice and know that the dance of love between you and the divine is a, is a removing of veils of illusion, one at a time, until you behold each other, naked and true, finally to discover you're each other, you are love
1: <laughs> I'm in heaven with you. <laughs> Amen, in, amen. In. I love that. Oh my gosh. Okay, Leash. All right, here we are, fam. We got two cards from the Work Your Light Oracle, and I'm excited about it. The first one we have is Take a Break. A life's work, not a season. Get off the treadmill. Take a break. A life's work, not a season. Get off the treadmill. Ooh. The second card I got is Star Mother. <laughs> So much energy with this one. And it says, how can you mother yourself? And I just love this coming out with the heaven card today. Yeah. I love that. I'll leave it at that. E
0: screaming.
1: Yeah. Thanks everyone for hanging with us. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Drop the comments, like subscribe and let us know what you're feeling, what you're thinking and any questions or comments that you have.
0: Yeah. We'll see you all next week. Bye. Bye.